the next couple of episodes, we're going to be considering foundational questions related to science and faith. The first question we want to examine is this. Is science the only valid or trustworthy source of truth about reality? Now here we're using the word science in the modern sense, which typically restricts the word to what are known as the natural or physical sciences, like physics and chemistry, biology, astronomy, and so on. Now there's no question that science is a powerful tool for acquiring knowledge about the structure and operation of the physical world. The knowledge we've gained through science is remarkable, and no less remarkable has been the practical payoff of science for human flourishing. Science has led to the development of incredible technologies that have radically enhanced our lives by, for example, improving the quality of our health and extending our lifespans, by increasing our comforts and enhancing our pleasures, by providing rapid means of transportation and instant global communication, and so on. Because of this, we live at a time of universal optimism in the supremacy of science. Today, there exists widespread belief that science can, given enough time, solve all of our problems and answer all of our questions. Modern man has become infatuated, even obsessed, with the power and potential of science. This unbridled optimism and confidence in science is, in large part, fueling a belief about science that is becoming increasingly popular among scientists and non-scientists alike. It's a view called scientism. Scientism is the view that we should only believe what can be scientifically proven. According to scientism, science and its methods provide the only valid source of knowledge about reality. So a claim can be true, rationally justified, or known, according to this view, only if it's a scientific claim. Anything that falls outside of science and its methods can only be a matter of unjustified belief or opinion. Now, obviously, such a restricted view about what counts as knowledge and truth is incompatible with Christianity in particular and theology in general as well as any other non-scientific form of inquiry, such as those that are philosophical or ethical in nature. Not surprisingly, this view of science is often espoused by atheists. For example, according to the late philosopher Bertrand Russell, quote, whatever knowledge is attainable must be attained by scientific methods. And what science cannot discover, mankind cannot know, end quote. Alex Rosenberg says, quote, the methods of science are the only reliable ways to secure knowledge of anything, end quote. And Peter Adkins agrees, quote, science is the only path to understanding, end quote. As I say, scientism has become a prevalent view with many adherents, both within academia and popular culture alike. So how do we respond to scientism? Well, if you've been following along in this series, you've probably already noticed a problem here. It's a big problem, actually, a deadly problem, in fact, and one that we've seen before. Scientism is self-defeating. Let's take a look again at the basic claim being made by scientism. We should only believe what can be scientifically proven. Now, do you see the problem with this statement? The claim itself is not one that can be scientifically proven. Think about it. How could we possibly prove scientifically that we should only believe what can be scientifically proven? What possible observations in the world could you make? What scientific experiment could you run in the lab to confirm or deny this idea? There are none. The problem with scientism is that it's not a claim of science. It's a claim about science. It's not a scientific claim at all. It's a philosophical claim. 
So we can know that scientism is false because it's self-refuting. It self-destructs. It is self-referentially incoherent. If it's true, well, then it's false. And of course, if it's false, it's false. And as we saw in the last episode, there is no way to make a self-defeating statement true. No amount of scientific discovery or advancement can ever make the ideology of scientism true. It's false now, and it will always be false. And it gets worse for scientism, actually, because it's very easy to show that there are truths outside of science that cannot be scientifically proven, but that we are all rational to accept. Such truths include metaphysical and epistemological truths. There are things that we know about reality that we know apart from science. Such knowledge includes that the external world is real, that our cognitive faculties are reliable, that there is objective truth, that the universe is rationally intelligible, that nature is uniform, that there are principles of being like sufficient reason, causality, and induction, and so on and so forth. Not only are these truths not known by means of science, but they are truths that must be presupposed in order to do science. There are logical and mathematical truths. Our knowledge of logic and math do not come from the physical sciences. Like metaphysical truths, the truths of logic and math cannot be proven by science because they must be presupposed in order to do science. Of course, there are ethical truths. The nature of good and evil, right and wrong, value and duty. These are truths that are evident to us, that we know intuitively, but they do not come from science. Although it's a fact that's easily overlooked, science depends on the existence of ethical truths that it cannot justify. The scientific community functions under a strict code of ethics that is necessary to regulate integrity of research, honesty in reporting, uh, humane experimentation on animals and humans, and on and on. The methods of science can be used to build an atomic bomb. But we cannot, by the same methods, answer the question of whether we ought to ever use an atomic bomb. There are also aesthetic truths. The beautiful, like the ethical, is not something that can be known by means of science. Yet, interestingly, beauty and elegance are very often used as a guide for scientific theory selection. So there are other valid forms of knowledge and means of inquiry outside of science. There are truths about reality that we can discover by non-scientific means. We cannot simply discard other methods and ways of attaining knowledge and truth just because they are not the methods of physical science. Moreover, because science depends upon knowledge that is non-scientific in nature and must operate with non-scientific assumptions, we can't even say that science is the best way to come to a knowledge of reality, let alone the only way. And the principle here is that science simply cannot be stronger than the presuppositions that it relies on. And those presuppositions are, as we've seen, philosophical in nature. So despite what you hear today, science is not the very paradigm of rationality, since science itself rests on truth that must be presupposed, truth about reality that we can know with greater certainty than any scientific truth or any scientific fact. The falsity of scientism is therefore multiply assured. Scientism is self-defeating. We undeniably know things about reality, truths about reality, apart from the physical sciences alone. And science itself depends on non-scientific knowledge and truth. 
So there are powerful arguments against the ideology of scientism. But are there any arguments in support of it? Well, by far the most common argument offered in favor of scientism is one based on the undeniable success of the physical sciences at understanding, predicting, and controlling nature. In his book titled The Atheist Guide to Reality, Alex Rosenberg offers just such an argument based on the success of physics. He writes, quote, The technological success of physics is by itself enough to convince anyone with anxiety about scientism that if physics isn't finished, it certainly has the broad outlines of reality well understood. Because physics predictions are so accurate, the methods that produce the description must be equally reliable. We have the best of reasons to believe that the methods of physics are the right ones for acquiring all knowledge. Carving out some area of inquiry or belief as exempt from exploration by the methods of physics is special pleading or self-deception. The phenomenal accuracy of its prediction, the unimaginable power of its technological application, and the breathtaking extent and detail of its explanations are powerful reasons to believe that physics is the whole truth about reality. End quote. Although Rosenberg focuses in on physics specifically, his general argument is plain enough to see. The incredible success of science in its predictions and its technological applications and in its explanations ought to convince us that science can deliver the whole truth about reality without remainder. Now, people may not express the claim as Rosenberg does here, but as we noted earlier, the belief that what science can't explain is practically limitless is a belief that is held by many in our modern world, even if that belief is held only implicitly by most. People today tend to be hypnotized by the incredible success of science in explaining the, the workings of the physical world, and by the technological payoffs that it provides. But as philosopher Edward Fazer has pointed out, the argument for scientism from the success of science is worthless because it commits the logical fallacy of non sequitur, which simply means that the conclusion of the argument fails to follow from the premises. To demonstrate this, Fazer first formalizes Rosenberg's argument for scientism into premise and conclusion, and he also strengthens the argument by making the conclusion more modest. So the argument from Rosenberg goes like this. The predictive power and technological applications of science are unparalleled by those of any other purported source of knowledge. Therefore, what science reveals to us is probably all that is real. Now this is a terrible argument. To show just how atrocious it is, Fazer gives the following parallel argument of the same form for metal detectorism. It goes like this. Metal detectors have had far greater success in finding coins and other metallic objects in more places than any other method has. Therefore, what metal detectors reveal to us, coins or other metallic objects, is probably all that is real. The second argument here is clearly a bad argument. And it's not hard to see why. From the fact that metal detectors are extremely successful in detecting metallic objects, it doesn't follow that metal detectors reveal all the possible kinds of objects that there are. This is because metal detectors are designed to detect only those objects that are metallic and nothing else. But the first argument for scientism from the success of the physical sciences is no better. From the fact that the methods of the physical sciences, and physics specifically, are extremely successful in their predictive power and technological application, it simply doesn't follow 
that the methods of the physical sciences are the only way of acquiring knowledge about reality. This is because the methods of science are designed to furnish only knowledge of those physical aspects of reality that allow for prediction and control. Phaser summarizes the point this way, quote, that a method is especially useful for certain purposes simply does not entail that there are no other purposes worth pursuing, nor other methods more suitable to those other purposes. In particular, if a certain method affords us with a high degree of predictive and technological power, what that shows is that the method is useful for dealing with those aspects of the world that are predictable and controllable. But it does not show that those aspects exhaust nature, that there is nothing more to the natural world than what the method reveals. Those who suppose otherwise are like the proverbial drunk who assumes that because the area under the street lamp is the only place he would be able to see the keys he has lost, there must be no other place worth searching for them and no other method by which they might be found. End quote. In other words, the method of the physical sciences are designed to deal only with those aspects of nature that are predictable and controllable, which is to say only with those aspects of the physical world that are quantifiable and liable to mathematical modeling. Other aspects of nature and reality are methodologically screened off by the natural sciences. Of course, the fact that this is what physical science does and does exceptionally well provides no reason at all to think that there aren't any other aspects to nature than those that are predictable and controllable, or that there are no other methods of discovering truth about reality than those of the physical sciences. So the argument for scientism from the success of physical science is a bad argument, and it has no force whatsoever. Although the ideology of scientism has strong appeal today, there simply are no good arguments for it. And as we've seen, there are decisive arguments against it. It seems to me that what's motivating and fueling the implicit scientism of our culture is a kind of science worship. We're captivated by the penetrating explanations of the physical world delivered by science. We're awestruck by the power and scope of its application. We're enamored with the technology that it provides, and we hope and we believe that it has the power to make our lives better. Scientists have become the high priests of our day, the bearer of the torches of truth. We are increasingly looking to scientists to answer all of our questions, to fulfill all of our existential longings. But of course, from the Christian perspective, this is nothing but good old-fashioned idolatry. Now, I'm not arguing here that science isn't valuable or that science isn't a powerful method of discovering truth about the world. It certainly is. Again, the point here is that science is not the only way for us to come to know truth about reality. Science is great at what it does, but it has limits to what it can tell us. There are many questions that are simply beyond the reach of science, profound questions that have to do with the very mystery of our existence. These are the questions that every child asks. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What is good? What is evil? What is the meaning of our lives? What is the purpose of it all? What happens when we die? If there are answers to these questions, they will not be found in science. If we ever hope to find answers, we'll have to look for them somewhere else.